Now more than ever, transportation business owners need industry experts at every stage in their company's life cycle. We bring them to you in the hot seat. Welcome to In the Hot Seat with the Tenney Group. It's great to be with you. We've got an excellent guest today, Chris Henry at Carrier's Edge. Chris, welcome to the hot seat. Glad to be here. I'm looking forward to it. You're the the Mike Wallace of uh, podcasts and trucking. So, well, well, we'll see about that here in a moment. So, uh, before we get before we heat things up, let's get let's just thirty seconds. Tell us uh, who you are uh, and what you do here in the transportation logistics and industry. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Chris Henry, uh, I'm the vice president uh, of Carrier's Edge, in charge of the uh, the customer experience group and our recognition programs in, in transportation. Uh, Carrier's Edge, my new home, uh, we're uh, one of the largest online training providers in the transportation space, focused uh, almost entirely on uh, online training for drivers. Uh, so our commitment is, uh, and our belief is that drivers would much rather uh, complete training uh, in the comfort of their own home or cab, as opposed to spending their days off in a uh, in a meeting for in-person training. So uh, that's our mission, and we develop our own content. So great company. I love it. I love it. I love that you love it. So let let's let's heat it up. So a lot of options there as it goes to educations. Uh, for those that are not familiar with Carriers Edge, you just gave us a brief overview. overview. But specifically, what what is uh, one thing about the training that Carriers Edge is doing that is a real benefit for carriers that they may not know about? Well, I think that could be illustrated uh, using the pandemic as an example. So our biggest competitors are not other online training providers. They're safety professionals at motor carriers that are have have been historically reticent to move to a different format to train and develop their drivers. Um, and what this last year has done is had those people rethink that. And there's been a lot of positive feedback we've received from those reticent people. And they've been able to train more drivers. So typically if it's just in person, they're only reaching 30 to 40% of their drivers in terms of uh, any uh, training initiative. Uh, they can reach 100%. The training is consistent, the same 100% of the time. And you, uh, as you know, with presentations, uh, in-person presentations, you can never uh, get to 100% consistency every time. So that's the key benefits. And you can just get out more training. So you can create monthly assignments, have them complete them at their leisure, uh, and uh, not disrupt the driver's home time. And home time is probably the most important thing. Drivers want to be, when they're home, they want to be connected with their families as opposed to, uh, you know, going into the office or going into the facility to take uh, some remedial or, or new training. I like it. I like it. Mm -hmm. So quick overview, something that is of, of a significant interest to, to those in the industry and, and at the supplier level is, is the, is the best fleets program that you guys do. So, uh, tell us when did it start? What and, and um, you know what what has happened since you guys started doing this? Uh, yeah, so the the program was started by the founders of Carriers Edge, and that um, program was started because they recognized in speaking to their carrier customers that there was a lot of progressive HR practices that were missing from trucking entirely. So as you know, when there's a trucking problem, our group 
including the carriers tend to look for a trucking solution. And that has always been a liability that has existed in trucking and it will continue for years and years to come. However, what we wanted to start introducing, what they, they wanted to start introducing were progressive ideas from other industries that may help out uh, these trucking companies. So they created this recognition program modeled after another workplace recognition program in another industry. Uh, and uh, that was uh, conceived in 2007, launched in 2009. Um, uh, so it's grown every year. And what we're examining is uh, the qualitative aspects of these companies. So their people, their processes, their program strategies. The, the the stuff that's really hard to score and quantify, um, but we have a great system to do that, a very rigorous system. And at the end of the day, those that um, continue to outperform their peers with progressive practices, not only um, are recognized, but they learn a great deal uh, by participating in the program. So it's an amazing feedback loop. Well, let, let's dig in there a little bit. What are some of the cool... Um or progressive, as you said, tactics or programs that you have um, been able to unearth as part of this program? Yeah, um, so speaking of this year, I'm not gonna give you know the, the entire kind of farm away this year because we're gonna be doing some announcements, but some of the things that I've highlighted were, you know, uh, one of the things, one of the themes that I saw with multiple carriers was communication training. It could be just, you know, you know, some some seminars that they've attended, some non-drivers and drivers have attended, uh, right to what they call uh, elocution training. I had heard that term before, but I wasn't familiar with what it actually meant. It was just one that uh, I've heard in, in passing before, but it really is focusing on how you deliver your message. So thinking more clearly about how you're delivering your message as a dispatcher, a fleet manager, safety professional to the driver. So we had a couple of companies mention that. One in particular uh, put a big focus on that. So I thought that was really a really neat thing, something novel that I could pull from this year. The other thing that I, I've, uh, I'm starting to hear more of is um, these uh, these um, ELD and uh, and critical event recorders that um, almost all of the carriers in the program now have, what they used to be used was to capture negative events and then have some resulting effect after. It used to be more of a, a stick. And now some carriers are using them uh, using a carrot methodology. So it's recognizing these devices are now starting to recognize good things. So, hey, you did something well, we're going to give you a star for that. And I never even thought of that. I, I've spent many years with carriers, many different diverse carriers, as you have, and I had never heard of a device or a group of devices being able to do that. So I thought that was, um, that was really awesome. So those are the, some of the key things that, um, but there's many more that we're going to be sharing in the next couple of I love months. it. I love that. So, um, you and I have, have some overlap in terms of this, you know, the metrics and, and the data, um, us on the valuation side, you, you're with, with, you know, with the benchmarking, with the best practice groups. Um, you know, it's very pretty straightforward when you're trying to score or value quantitative data. But when it comes to the more qualitative and tangible side of goodwill, it's a little bit more art than science. So how are you doing that when it comes to the best fleets program? 
Yeah, that was the scariest part for me because, as as you mentioned, I had a long history in the quantitative side. And although I thought at the time it was difficult getting every carrier normalized in terms of their financial and operational data, it's 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 nothing compared to scoring um, the qualitative aspects. So uh, participants in the Best Fleets Drive For program they get nominated, so it's driver initiated, but they have to complete a, a lengthy questionnaire open form, it's not standardized, you know, multiple choice, it's open format. Um, and we then have to conduct an interview uh, and score those uh, results. So really what we benefit from is the years that Mark and Jane and others on the Carrier's Edge team have put into developing this methodology to make it easy. Um, so we have rubrics for every single question that we score. Uh, over 50 questions that we score, um, and we develop a legend, and that legend changes every year, and that's a progressive aspect of it. So one thing that caught my eye uh, or caught my ear in our uh, uh, conversation leading leading into this was your uh, partnership that you're formulating with the women in trucking. So um, tell me a little bit about that and um, where you're headed with that. Uh, everyone can attest, regardless of industry, that uh, – you know, gender equity can or you know uh, can can use a uh, some help, uh, and um, the biggest gap that we see is um, companies, uh, and in this case, it's not just going to be limited to trucking companies, but companies in the transportation space being able to benchmark how they're doing with others with respect to uh, you know female drivers is one example, but really uh, role equity. So. The example that I always use, and you run into this probably all the time, is I'll go into a carrier and you'll hear an owner mention, well, you know, uh, uh, Sue here, she's the brains of the operation. And you don't think of it over time because it happens so frequently. But then when you stop and look back, you think, well, Sue's sitting in a cubicle. She really is the brains of the operation, while Jim over there is in uh, a cubicle or a, a, a corner office and with the company car and all that other jazz, there isn't, and it's not across the board, but there there does seem to be a problem with uh, role equity and, and decision capabilities uh, being given to particularly uh, females in this industry. Uh, we need to elevate that as well as uh, minorities. And this partnership, yeah, and this partnership will hopefully do just that. Well, I want to I want to stay tuned to what you guys do there. That's exciting stuff. So I got a final wild card question for you that you and I have a little bit of overlap in terms of fitness, trying to stay fit. I'm going to confess to you, it's been a little rough last couple months, got COVID and I'm pretty serious snow right here. Uh, one thing that I've always admired about you, you get your family involved in fitness. So what, what are uh, what are a couple tips for those in the transportation logistics industry to to have an enhancement coming out of this COVID fog, stay healthy or get more healthy, what would you recommend for getting families involved to do that? Yeah, well, up here in Ontario, where I'm based, uh, a lot of the gyms were shut down during the pandemic. They've been pretty pretty uh, rigid in terms of the rules. So we've had to find other ways to get our activity and our kids have been uh, put in the same boat, obviously. So uh, we've purchased, you know, we, we now have Fitbits 
and we have targets to get, you know, our steps in. We can't get to the gym, but we have our own. Uh, I'm actually in my office, and there's an uh, uh, a workout area right beside me, so it's convenient. So make it convenient. Um, I know for those who are traveling, such as drivers, or what I was like, you know, uh, prior to last March, was being in the airport all the time. It's tough, but you just have to kind of schedule it in. So I every morning it's either a run or uh, 10,000 steps before I start the day, and it's simple. Uh, it also gives you time to reflect and think about the day ahead. I love it, sir. And I'm I'm always excited when we get a chance to connect. Excellent job in the hot seat. That's gonna do it for us, y'all. I'm Spencer Tenney, and we'll see you next time.